Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Welcome to the Smirkanish Podcast for Independent Minds. John Yu is lots of things, including a law professor at Berkeley, which <laughs> just always seems like an oddity when you know the full picture of Professor Yu. He's the Emanuel Heller Professor of Law at the University of California at Berkeley. He's also a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and a visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford. He's a graduate of Harvard, went to law school at Yale. Uh, how in the world you can coexist at the Hoover Institution at Stanford and be a Berkeley law professor? I ask you this every time, but how are you treated as a conservative at Berkeley? Uh, well, that hasn't changed in the last 25, 30 years. I'm like this uh, oddity that they show at the museum. They bring the kids by. They look at me behind the glass and say, <laughs> look at that. Look at that. It's a conservative. Do you, uh, I, I don't like the, I don't like cancel culture yeah. as an expression, but I haven't come up with anything better. Have you yeah. been subjected to any cancel culture at Berkeley? Uh, not at Berkeley itself, actually, because we've been going through this free speech tumult since the Vietnam War. Right. We actually have pretty good rules about letting people speak or not. But I've had people at other schools try to stop me from speaking. I don't think anyone succeeded because, you know, I'm from Philly originally. I grew up in the Rocky era. I can punch my way through a bunch of activists and protesters. But it's not been a problem at home. Like there you no. walk around campus. Nobody gives you any static. Uh, no, I mean, I think, like, again, I think uh, the Berkeley, like a lot of universities, have maybe one conservative that's pretty well known. Two would be an unfair fight, but one is about even. And so I walk around. I have a lot of liberal colleagues. We get along uh, just fine, I think. There might be some who don't like me. Maybe there's some who don't uh, talk to me because of my views, but I don't feel that way. I love being around people who I disagree with. The short version of your resume says, Professor Yu has served in all three branches of government. He was an official in the U.S. Department of Justice where he worked on national security and terrorism issues after 9-11's attacks, which is accurate, but but boy, it, it really doesn't fully explain. I mean, let's yeah. just remind people, you're the guy, you wrote the legal justification for the so-called harsh interrogation methods. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any regrets in that regard? No, I look back on it and I feel that's what we needed to do to protect the country from another attack. I knew it was going to be controversial. <clears throat> I knew people would be upset with me and the others who worked on it, no matter what we did. Uh, so looking back on it, I think we would do the same thing again. I like to think, I know, like think, I think Al Gore would have done the same thing if he won the 2000 election instead. Is it possible looking through a 2022 lens mm -hmm. to go back into the mindset of 01 and 02? 
Yeah, I mean, I think about it a lot. Uh, no, but you know, I mean, like people today who go oh, back and look at it oh. and they just don't appreciate the mindset at the time. Is that part of the problem? Oh well, I think a lot of the problem, at least the ones I, the students I encounter in class, were were not even alive, or right. might have been alive one year or two years. They have no memory of nine uh, eleven. They can't remember uh, what a shock and surprise it was. Uh, we were living at the time, we're at the end of the nineties, when we didn't think there were going to be any more wars. Remember and. President Bush campaigned on the ground that we were going to get out of you know, peacekeeping all around the world. Yeah, compassionate conservatism. He had another agenda. It was education based. Yeah, tax cuts. And yeah, tax cuts. We had no. Remember, we knew almost nothing about Al Qaeda. We very just a small number of people in our government knew much about Al Qaeda. We never considered them the serious threat that they became. And look how they roiled not just our country but the Middle East. All the harm that they did. Uh, I think it took. 20 years of systematic, sustained effort by presidents of both parties right, to put John, an end to their threat to the country. You have a remarkable CV and mm. and most notable for today's- My, my mom thanks you. Most notable. <laughs> well, she she funded a great education. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Most notable for today's purposes. Yeah. You were a law clerk for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You mm. also clerked for, for those who are uh, of legal background for Lawrence Silberman. So really two two titans. Yeah. I want to talk about substance relative to Roe versus Wade, but mm. I also want to talk about the leak. Yeah. Here's what I want to first do. The argument took place on December 1. Mm. What then happens in a Supreme Court case, give me the short version of the progression of how they get to releasing an opinion. And can you say it's incredible, shocking. It's an earthquake to see a leak of any kind come out of the court for any important case, even to know how it's going to come out. But for an opinion, a whole opinion to come out like this, it's unprecedented. It's never happened. It's a direct affront on the independence and integrity of of the Supreme Court, which to me is more important than abortion and more important than a lot of individual issues. We should all be worried that this happened. And let me explain again, the, as you've asked, the timeline of an opinion to show right, this has never happened before, no matter how important the cases of the past. So you get the oral argument first week of December. By the end of that week, the justices meet by themselves, no staff, in a room called the conference room. And they discuss, debate the case, and then at the end of that time, they vote. So already at that week, the justices knew how the case was going to come out. Uh, the clerks uh, know how the case are going to come out. Each justice has four clerks, almost right out of law school. When I clerked, I was 25 years, 26 years old. So this is a strange thing that the Supreme Court justices do. It's like the Surgeon General took someone out of the med school and said, hey, come do this complicated operation <laughs> with me. Here you hold the scalpel. Here you mop my right. brow. It's an incredible system. So they like to have four basically law students assist them. So all of them knew how the case was going to come out. That's early December, right? We're in early May. Do you think the federal government, do you think President Biden could keep a secret that long for six months? Already they're leaking that we're sharing intelligence with the Ukrainians about how to target Russian generals, right? That's, I would think you would never want to leak that. So that doesn't. Then in the course of the rest of December and then in January, and then we saw this draft is dated February 10th. It says the first draft. The Alito, Justice Alito and his clerks are researching, drafting, writing opinions. At the end of that time, February 10th in this case, they send the draft to the other justices, both who are voting to overturn Roe and the ones who are voting not to overturn Roe. Every justice gets a copy. That's the draft that got leaked. 
That's an incredible breach of confidence and trust between them. And then between that time and now, and it's, it's very telling the draft was leaked at this time, um, between that time and now, the dissenting justices who I, are allegedly Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer are writing their dissents. They're starting to circulate them. There's back and forth. And the most critical part of this time between the first draft and now is Justice Thomas, who I clerked for, as you said, Justice um, uh, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Coney Barrett. Coney Barrett. They're sending in what we call join memos. So they'll send a memo to Justice Alito saying, I'll join your opinion if you make the following changes or if you delete this. Or sometimes they'll say, I'm not going to join your opinion. I'm going to write my own opinion, my own what we call concurrence that signs on to your position. But I've got my own things to say. I bet there are a lot of those. Right. We have no idea. As yeah. we sit here, all we yeah. know is what Alito circulated yeah. on the 10th. Yeah. You can't tell from that draft. Right. Whether anybody's joined it. That right. comes from a separate leak. Right. Separ I, a separate leak which says yes. that the chief justice isn't sure where he's going, but the conservatives mm. are going this way and the liberals are going the other exactly. way. Exactly. Question for you. Mm. When you took the gig fresh out of Yale Law School for Clarence mm. Thomas, mm. does someone give you the talk, the security, the privacy talk, or do you not even need it? Because you just know you can't say a damn word. That's a great question, Michael. I don't recall anyone ever directly telling to me, Obviously, you should never leak or discuss what you do. As you say, it's such a part of the ethos of, you know, you would call them a core, the core of clerks. Justice Scalia had a funny word for us. He called us the clerkerati, <laughs> like the glitterati, right. but not as interesting and as exciting. Do you as think it was a clerk? Yes, I'm, I'm uh, much convinced it's a clerk. Because the, the process that you've described, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there, there are all sort of security provisions, but ultimately you're sending by internal email, yes. right? No, actually, they're usually physical. So if you look at the copy, look yes. at it closely, it has staple holes in it. <laughs> so there's staple holes. And that funny, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a funny box yes. that has a list of justices. That's a distribution list that's usually done by hand. And so you, I think this was a copy that was physically printed out, taken around, and then the person. I, I, you know, I figured that is the case yeah. for a totally different reason, oh. which was earlier this week, I, I spent a lot of time analyzing the opinion to the best of my ability here mm -hmm. on radio. I couldn't cut and paste because it was not a document that had ever been fully entered into a system. It was a, right. it was a, a screen. Picture. It was a, yeah, picture. a picture. It was a yeah. picture. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you think now here's something else that I have to tell you that I find really interesting. We'll get to the substance, but I want to, mm -hmm. I want to stick with, with this for a moment. There's an analysis today and I put it on my website for the benefit of those who are listening by Tom Goldstein mm -hmm. yeah. at SCOTUS blog. Yeah. And he, he made, he really turned my head because he said the way we should think about this is that there were actually at least two leakers and three different leaks. And what I didn't fully appreciate, Professor John Yu, is the Wall Street Journal of a week ago. Uh, with an editorial that they published saying abortion and the Supreme Court, where they kind of surmised, here's probably what's happening. And they laid their discussion off on what was said in the oral argument, as if they were reading the tea leaves alone. But Goldstein makes a convincing case that perhaps the journal had it first. The Wall Street Journal speculated that it was Alito who was probably writing the opinion. It got by me. I read that editorial that day. 
Anyway, so his theory is that the initial leak perhaps came from one end of the spectrum and then to the journal and then Mm -hmm. somebody else in the court from a different direction. What do you think? I think that's too clever. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, having been again, as you you know, worked in all three branches in Washington, I've seen all kinds of political acrobatics and schemes and the worst of the worst. But I don't think it makes sense for a conservative justice to leak this or a conservative clerk to leak this because the conservatives have won. Apparently, they have five votes to leak it. And it's just going to subject them to enormous amounts of political pressure between now and whenever the opinion comes out. Efforts to get one of them to flip their vote. Why would you invite all of that upon you? Bring all of that on you in the legal world. This is like the heavens falling on your head. That could make people tentative that allegedly 10 years ago, Chief Justice Roberts was originally had originally voted to strike down Obamacare. Right. And that apparently leaked to the White House and an enormous political pressure was brought on the court and on him. And according to uh, Jan Crawford's book on the Supreme Court, he flipped his vote because he was worried about the political blowback. That's very present in the minds of a lot of conservative justices. So I don't think a conservative justice would risk the majority to overturn Roe, the culmination of conservative legal thought in the legal movement for the last 50 years, right? Because they're playing this clever game about trying to lock in the conservative votes by shaking. Look, I, I yeah. agree that, you know, what what's, what is it, Akram's razor, the most yes. obvious is usually the, it, it, it seems yeah. to me that it, it would come from the left. Yeah. And why at this moment? Probably to try and engender a groundswell so that maybe before it's issued, there's a codification by the Congress mm. of Roe versus Wade, which what, I don't think is going to happen. And I would think is unconstitutional. But it actually goes to your first question, Michael. What's the schedule? Because it was leaked... Uh, in this time now, because remember, I said they're circulating drafts and so on. We're getting to the point now where the justices now say, I'm not changing positions. This right. is where I am. So if you were a liberal justice, I hope not, or a liberal clerk, at this time, you would know none of the five conservative justices on the majority were going to flip. They've all sent in their joint memos. They've all written their concerns. We're, you know, we're getting close to the time where the things come out in print. Uh, at the end of June. Well, you're making a very interesting point, which is why is why is the first draft the one uh, that got circulated? Because if you really wanted to do damage, you'd issue something much more contemporaneous and show how people were were lining up. But let me just finish this and then I'll, I'll shut down this this part of the conversation. The argument that says it came from the right is an argument that says maybe Roberts has picked someone off from the conservative group. And now it's coming from the right to try and hold in check Coney Barrett or Brett Kavanaugh or somebody else and preclude them mm. from joining Roberts with the liberals. So this is a really interesting, Michael. It goes to your question. How does it really work on the inside? Yeah, tell me. So one clever thing about the opinion, and actually after oral argument, I, predi- I, I went on a show and predicted that they were going to over overturn Roe exactly in this uh, way and with these numbers just from listening to oral argument. And the reason why is if you listen to oral argument, Justice Alito's opinion takes the concerns and questions that were raised by Amy Coney Barrett and particularly Brett Kavanaugh. If there's anyone people think might go along with the chief justice, it would be Brett Kavanaugh, um, took their points and concerns and incorporated them directly in his draft. There's a part of the Alito draft that goes through why shouldn't we give precedential effect, respect to Roe, like we do with lots of old opinions. Right. And Alito basically took 
uh, an opinion that Kavanaugh wrote, cut and pasted it and dropped it into his own opinion. It's almost like Kavanaugh wrote that section. So psychologically, it's very hard for Kavanaugh to say, oh, after you paid so much attention to me, you love me, uh, but I'm not going to join See, you only, now. See, only a trained eye and an intellect like yours would have read the opinion and, and seen that. I, I, oh, that's nice of you to No, say. I, I, I mean it. All right, quick break. I want to move on and talk about the substance of Roe versus Wade and the Alito draft uh, with Professor John Yu from Berkeley. So glad that he's in studio today. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. I now want to talk about the substance, but one, one sort of lingering question. What's he like, Justice Thomas? You know, because because he hasn't spoken until, I guess, Chief Justice Roberts changed the format a little bit. Mm-hmm. We don't get an impression of him. Um, you know him. You work yeah. for him. What is it we don't know about him that we might find interesting? Well, he's one of the most gregarious, charismatic people. And you, actually, the court... You'd never know yeah, that. You'd never, the court actually shoves him in this position where he's not allowed to talk about what he does. He's supposed to only speak at these oral arguments. So actually, he does go around the country, gives lots of speeches, always has been doing that, but not so much on legal topics, but on things like, I know important to you, Michael, he talks about civility. He talks about the importance of discourse, about listening to people. And um, he, I mean, I think he worries about the future of the country, not from that legal perspective, but from the social values and the things that make us a country perspective. The other thing I'll tell you about that's a lot of fun, people I don't know, um, is that he likes to try, He likes to take summer vacation by driving around the country in a gigantic RV. And he likes... He and drive, Jenny. Yeah, driving around anonymously throughout the country. And I, Come I, on, how anonymous could he be? I've 
gone with him once. And really? We, you know, you, you and like go, people don't know who he is. He likes to go to the same bad fast food restaurants on the highway you and I go to, and no one knows who he is. Oh my God! Can you imagine? <laughs> like the RV pulls away, and you're like, "Wait a minute! I think that was Clarence Thomas I, who just ordered a Big Mac." He did once. I know the guy did talk to him. He said, well, "What do you do?" He's like, "I uh, work in Washington." Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Uh, the dean of Berkeley is Erwin Shemarinsky. Yeah. He's a guest here from time to time. I think he's a really bright, bright guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play 90 seconds for you. And in the 90 seconds, you will get what I think of Roe versus Wade, and you will get Shemarinsky's response. And then I want to hear what John Yu has to say. Roll it. Professor Shemarinsky, I've often thought that Roe versus Wade was difficult to justify based on the 14th Amendment. And I don't want to get into the weeds for not the least of which reason is I will quickly lose you, meaning I won't be able to keep pace with you. But I've told my audience before that the Roe decision is one that I have difficulty justifying as an attorney. But practically speaking, intuitively speaking, it has always made great sense to me. And I'm making reference now to viability being a measuring stick for what's appropriate or permitted when. Is this the end of a viability analysis if we get rid of Roe? There is no doubt there are six votes now to eliminate viability is the line. And the question is, will the court uphold the Mississippi law and say nothing about laws that prohibit abortion earlier, like at the six week of pregnancy or at conception, or will the court simply overrule Roe and leave it to the states to do what they want. But I actually do think Roe is justifiable. And I think the reason is the Supreme Court long before Roe said that the word liberty in the due process clause protects fundamental rights of autonomy. It protects the right to marry, the right to procreate, the right of parents to custody their children, the right to keep the family together, the right of parents to control the upbringing of their children, the right to purchase and use contraceptives, the right of consenting adults to engage in private same-sex sexual activity, the right to refuse medical treatment. I don't know how the court can overrule Roe without putting all of those rights in jeopardy. Now, back in real time, to be fair, I should have said this at the outset, that discussion, when he makes reference to six votes, Mm. that was the day after oral argument. So Mm. that's December 2. My question for Professor Yu is, among other things, what about that laundry list at the end? Marry, procreate, Mm. parental oversight. Is all of that now in jeopardy? So before I answer, I should make clear that Irwin sets my salary at Berkeley. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, But you could imagine two people. uh, We have great respect for each other, but we disagree about most issues. I'm actually much closer to where you are, Michael, on row. I, uh, if I, as a voter, because this is going to come back to the states now, we're all going to vote. Actually, Pennsylvania is going to be a, one of the big battlegrounds between pro-life and pro-choice at the state level now. After if Dobbs does overrule Roe, I'd vote for pro-choice laws generally. But I think with like you or most of the country, I would want a, a compromise. I wouldn't believe in pr- uh, ter- termination anytime within nine months. But I think there's got to be some early period where women have the right to choose an abortion. But and I think the American people, that's where they are, too, in the middle. So I think uh, the opinion, if you look at it closely, directly uh, responds to and rejects Irwin's position. And this is also a position a lot of uh, liberal, liberal commentators are taking. Alito clearly says uh, Roe and Casey, the case that upheld Roe, is a strange branch that comes away from the main trunk of privacy jurisprudence. And the reason why it's different is because with abortion, uh, somebody dies. 
right? And the state has a right to protect the life of the fetus, the life in waiting. You know, we have, can argue about when does that life begin at conception or later. You said in your uh, your segment there, viability, which is what the court has used in the past. And he said all those other laws that Irwin mentioned that people worried about, gay marriage, uh, raising the family the way you want, uh, use of contraceptives. The state has no interest to intrude there to protect the life of somebody that might be terminated by those actions. And so Justice Alito says we are not touching any of those other cases. Now, the bigger picture, and you're right to ask this question, the bigger picture uh, approach, though, is the general way the court decided this case to say, was this a right in 1868 when the nation approved the 14th Amendment? Is this rooted in the long traditions and history of our country since then? Would also suggest, if you brought that afresh with no deference to the past and precedent, that would suggest that gay marriage case was wrong. That would suggest that some of those earlier cases are wrong. But I don't see the five justices in this Casey, I'm sorry, this Dobbs majority wanting to go that far. I read the opinion uh, uh, twice myself, and and I I truly, and I'm not just blowing smoke at you, but I I don't I don't hold your uh, academic. Uh, and legal scholarship. I mean, I, you know, I'm struggling through it. That's why you make the big money, no, and no, I'm no, out no, here. No, I'm no, just a state all. employee out of California, <laughs> hoping I'm my pension's still around when I retire. But, but here, so here was my reaction when I read it. Yeah. Just because Alito, on two occasions, that stood out in my mind. In fact, I think it was page five and page thirty-two because mm-hmm. I muddled through that thing. Mm-hmm. He tried to put a moat around abortion and mm-hmm. and expressly said yeah. this logic shouldn't apply anywhere else. just because he said that i don't think necessarily makes it the case i mean yes. at its core we're talking about rights that are ascribed to the 14th amendment that don't appear in the 14th yes. amendment so on a very simple level where he's going to say well abortion is not deeply rooted in history and tradition my god you could say the same thing about same-sex marriage yeah, right off gay the bat marriage too all those things he said does apply to gay marriage and uh, it's also the grounds on which conservative majorities have refused to recognize a right to euthanasia, for example. In fact, if you want to look at where this all came from, it's from uh, cases like euthanasia cases where the court said that does stay with the states or the death penalty. That does stay with the states. Those are also life and death decisions that the court's comfortable saying we're not going to take that power. Notice other one thing, Michael, that's unusual about this. That's rare in our world all too often today. This is a case where the court is saying, in that opinion, we don't want the power anymore. Stop asking us to decide. It's rare when someone in Washington, D.C. Right. says, oh, no, Go I don't vote want on power. It. Yeah, They're saying this is a democratic decision like most decisions in our country. We trust the American people to decide. People should return to what you do on your show. Debate, argue, persuasion, trying to get the better angels of each other's natures to see our point and eventually reach a compromise rather than expecting the courts to solve all our problems. Right. But but by the same token, we don't want to leave to the electorate inherent rights because, yeah, not because then yeah. then people who have a minority share or, or are themselves a minority, they're going to get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Can I make that last point, though? That's why I'm so troubled by the leak and this effort to Sort of make the court like the other two branches of government, apply the same political. Yeah, the leaking, the fighting, the politicization of the court. There are going to be people who think Roe is so important, it's worth undermining or threatening the integrity and independence of the judiciary to preserve Roe. But think about it. The court's more important than that because the court's ultimate function is to protect 
minorities, to protect religious minorities, racial minorities, gender minorities, to protect the Bill of Rights uh, against the majority that wants to oppress them from time to time, unfortunately. They're not going to be able to do that job, I think, as effectively in the future if this road we're on now we uh, continue. If your theory is right that it was a clerk, have they broken a law? This is interesting. The chief justice has announced an investigation, but you notice that he didn't call for the FBI to come in. Right. Because there's no crime, I don't think. You'd have to really stretch federal law. There's some conservatives who have creative theories about uh, the law that might have been broken here, but they're also those same conservatives usually don't think these kinds of things are criminal. There's no law. As you were asking me earlier, do they give you a talk? I didn't know I, when I clerked, I didn't even sign. I don't think I signed an employment contract and there's certainly no ND, you know, non-disclosure yeah. agreement. So the worst they could do maybe is fire you. Maybe the worst that could happen is no law firm will want to hire you. Although did you undergo a background check? Nope. No background check. Although a lot of people interviewed me, but there's no security background check that goes That's on. This is mind boggling. Yeah, it's uh, well, I, I carried the bags yeah. of Vice President Bush when I was in college. OK, wow. I was wow. I was I was a 19 year old, 20 year old advance man. Oh, yeah. The FBI went to the street in my hometown yeah, and knocked on everybody's door, mm-hmm. went to my schools. They woke up my college roommate in our fraternity. OK, wait. And they still let you carry the bags after they found out all that stuff about he, you. He thought he was getting arrested for what had happened at pub night the night before. <laughs> I, I kid you not. OK. And yeah. yet you can clerk yeah. for the Supreme Court of the United States with. And obviously it's because you were recommended. I'm sure that the, yeah. some professor or professors at Yale probably, you know, are the ones <laughs> who rec- regret their recommendations. No, but probably now. probably recommended <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. No, no. So this is an interesting thing is not only that, but when you're carrying the bags for president, vice president Bush, you might have had five minutes with the guy out of a whole year. Right. When you're a clerk at the Supreme Court, you are with them all the time. You're with them nine to five. Every day they're at the office, you're at the office, and there's nobody else there with them. Someone said it's like nine little law firms. It's like a nine firm with one senior partner and then four little guys who are just there for a year. And so you're, as you say, it's incredible. I could actually see one result of this, as the justices might say, Maybe we shouldn't be hiring these 26-year-olds to keep the nation's greatest secrets anymore. But then again, it's worked so well for so long. It's, yeah. it's amazing it didn't, it didn't go awry before now. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to point out to people is, yes, this happened with Roe. Think of all the unbelievable cases this didn't happen. This Absolutely. didn't happen for Brown versus Board of Education, right. the Watergate right. tapes, Pentagon Papers, the cases Trump lost two years ago in the middle of an election. I, it's incredible that this never did leak. Bo- this never did happen before. That's why I worry about it. It might be a product of how partisan things have become and those are starting to affect the court. To me personally, that's a good reason why the court should get out of the abortion business, because it's the politics of the rest of the system are now coming and affecting the court. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius X. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. 
That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at NYBG.org. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Tim, listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay, John Yu is in studio very graciously, well beyond what we'd agreed previously. David, you're in New York. Uh, ask him a question, make a comment, but go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, really uh, appreciate the conversation you guys are having. I was curious, though. I think I heard you say that uh, that codification of Roe in Congress would be unconstitutional. I was wondering if you could expand on that, please. Oh, yeah, it's a great question and a really complicated one. But the Congress has tried to overrule Supreme Court decisions before, particularly in this area of religious liberty. There was a case about 20 some years ago uh, where actually it's more than 20 years ago during the Clinton administration. uh, The court actually made it harder for religious minorities to win protection in court. Congress passed a law called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that said, no, we're restoring it to the way it was before, and the Supreme Court struck that down. So Congress can't pass a law that says uh, we're just adopting the Roe standard and every state law in the country about abortion has to meet it. And in fact, if you're liberal, you should ask yourselves, do you want Congress to have that power? Because a Republican Congress could then pass a law saying we ban abortion throughout the country. Instead, I think, you know, the constitutional system is it's up to the states. Congress, though, can do things to encourage abortion that are go beyond, not as powerful as passing a law overruling this Dobbs decision should it come out that way. For example, Congress could use spending power and say, we're going to give vouchers to everyone who wants an abortion and we're going to pay for the abortions. We're going to pay for travel to the abortions. They could try to uh, persuade states to change their laws by saying, well, we're not going to give money to hospitals under Medicare and Medicaid that don't perform abortions. So they could be very aggressive in tra- just to, all the same tools were used by the Obama administration and the Democratic Congress to get states to adopt Obamacare. So you could see that. But what it can't do is order the states what laws to have or not have. What if abortion. there what if there were not this decision forthcoming? Would you feel differently? Because you, you seem to be saying that it, it can't be a, a, a tit yes. for te- then you'd feel differently. Yes, if the, if the decision well, hasn't been issued yet, they're going to vote this week. Yeah. If Roe and Casey were still on the books, Congress can still do all those things. But it can't. And it could say if this is the law, we're just advancing what the law is interpreted by the Supreme Court is. It does. Congress does have that power. 
This is Samuel in Illinois. Go ahead quickly for John Yu. Yes. My question is about with the Republicans, how they stand, would they pack the court with Roe versus Wade being done to make sure that it can be changed back again with their whole preference of states' rights, how they want everything to states' rights so they can continue to control our Congress and the Senate if they do get that power? That's also a really good question. You are seeing people uh, resurrect the idea of packing the court, but it's mostly people who are angry about the idea of overturning Roe. I think there has been a, this is part of those um, political threats I was talking about that I was worried about uh, that would be brought to bear to try to get one of the conservative justices not to agree to overturn Roe. And so one of those ideas has been to packing the court. I don't think a law like that gets through the Senate right now, this deeply divided country. We have all these other problems like inflation and so on. I think packing the court's going to be low on the agenda. And I, I can't see it getting through the filibuster in the Senate. I could be wrong, but we've never packed the court. Lindsay, Connecticut, for John Yu. Go ahead. Yes, uh, you know, given the conservative court, you, you were talking about the, uh, the inability, per, per se, for Congress to just simply restore Roe. But uh, assuming that the uh, Congress used the Commerce Clause, um, which conservatives would, yeah. would typically, correct me if I'm wrong, would say that, you know, that it should be narrowly, uh, you know, construed, um, would would a conservative court allow Congress under the Commerce Clause to ban all abortions across the country, you know, and 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 mm. and preempt or uh, you know um, supersede uh, state laws? That's a great point and great question because as you as you suggest, the the same court has actually been cutting back on Congress's ability to regulate interstate commerce, which is how uh, Congress tries to do most things these days. And so I think you're right. I think uh, this court, if those justices tra stay true to their word and don't have like a special exception for abortion in the way they think about the law, this court would also say, well, Congress can't use the Commerce Clause to require every state to allow abortions. And Congress can't use the Commerce Clause to try to preempt and override state decisions that are pro-choice. John Yu is, is off for a workout. I feel like you just got a workout. Huh? Thank you for being so gracious. That was terrific. And what what a oh, treat for my audience to have access to your legal mind. Oh, it was right. a great pleasure. Thank you, John. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Ready to set off on your captivating journey into the botanical world? NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you to pursue your passion as a budding plant person. Guided by professionals, dig into gardening, botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Grow your skills with online learning your way. Register at nybg.org.